This is Monocle on Design, a show where we unpack everything from architecture and craft to furniture and fashion. I'm Maylie Evans, sitting in the host chair this week. On today's show, we reflect on Dubai Design Week, which recently took place in the streets and buildings of the city's design district. All that coming up on Monocle on Design. Dubai Design Week wrapped up on Sunday, an event whose purpose is to encourage better design discourse and featured a mix of more than 500 local and international creatives and architects. This show's regular host, Nick Manise, spent the better part of the last week in the United Arab Emirates, reporting on the region's most significant design event. He's currently winging his way back home, but managed to send a few reports before takeoff. So over the next 30 minutes, we're going to hear from leading designers who presented. And kicking things off is Charlotte DeBell, the founder of Vertical Design Studio. Based in Dubai since 2006, the French designer created Prismatic Dreamscape, an installation featuring neon lights and sustainable concrete tiles. Let's hear more from Charlotte now. I used to be a creative director in advertising and then I founded Vertical Design in 2018, which is an art studio uh, dedicated to the medium of neon lights. I'm a neon artist myself. I learned uh, neon art in New York and I imported it here because I couldn't find anyone who was doing it, only like signage company, but what we do is not signage at all. It's really like artistic and I'm here in Dubai Design Week uh, where I'm presenting two art pieces. It's called Prismatic Dreamscape and they work in like harmony but at the same time in duality. There is like a horizontal art piece uh, which is about uh, three meter length and one meter height by 90 centimeter in depth. And uh, this art piece is mainly like very grounded and has like some neon light inside it that represent anything that is from the earth, but in an abstract way. So you can see shapes, but that are very um, inspired of nature that could look like leaf, but all at the same time it's like uh, inspired by water due to the color that I picked. There is like some flame that represents fire that you can guess. And there is like obviously some shapes that are a bit more are recognizable like palm trees but there is some shapes that are more abstract uh, like a a bunny in the back if you can tell but this is mainly an inside joke for like my daughters that love bunnies but it's also like an I wanted to represent something that is earthy and animal. This was like quite important for me. Both pieces are made out of cement tiles uh, as a base, so it's our door piece. Uh, cement tiles is a craft that's been made the same way since it was discovered, and that's the same uh, for neon lights. We are not changing anything when we are making neon lights. It's been like done with the same tools, with the same torches. We are bending the glass to have the, um, the shapes that we want. The main piece is the original one and then there's a vertical one which is uh, the same kind of like material so cement tiles uh, in the back as a base and then we have the neon but here we have a piece that is uh, raising towards uh, the sky so it has a space cosmo feel to it and there is like a foil paper in the background that is not like your traditional foil paper from the kitchen but it's an artistic paper that is used uh, especially for this piece that is reflecting 
seeing the light in a way that it's not like a mirror uh, because I didn't want it the surrounding to be reflected to this piece, but really to like have the neon light to be the center of this uh, piece. Yeah, so it, it makes the neon really stand out and rather than the reflection, yes. much to my disappointment of myself. <laughs> yeah, so you cannot really see yourself. You could guess it if you go close up, but yeah, it's mainly about like... So cele celebrating the medium, really. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I want to ask you, you know, vertical design is, a, I guess, an art studio first and foremost, but you're kind of blurring the boundaries between art and design here. Do you think about that a lot? What's the difference? How do they work together? It's hard to say that I'm an artist because I'm also a designer, but I think any design is also art in a way. It's just that art is just a bigger word to encapsulate this. Vertical design is an art studio, so I think you got the answer in that. There is design and art in the same uh, sentence because for me they're very close to each other. I mean, and can I ask, you said when you moved here yeah. there wasn't really neon art in Dubai. Who do you work with to create these pieces? Is it all in-house? Do you have manufacturers you work with? Tell us a little bit about that. So we have a studio in Alcuz where we are manufacturing uh, most of the pieces, but I'm now keeping it as mainly my own personal studio, which is more like art commission. Uh, and we have also another uh, factory where I have one employee that is bending the glass. So we are all doing everything in-house. I don't work with other signage companies to like give my work, like everything is done at Vertical Design. All my materials is imported from the US and Europe. I don't source any material in UAE and that's why also sometimes to some of my clients' disappointment, we are not very uh, cheap because what I am doing is really a craft that is done to a high standard and it comes with a price, yeah. I mean, is there hope in the future of using local materials? Why still import from the US and Europe? Uh, so there is no factory making glass tubes here. So it's important from the US for certain tubes. And then I have Italian tubes as well, which are made in Murano factories, which are the colored tubes that you can see in the palm tree here and in this piece. When the piece is off, they stay very bright. So they're glass tubes made with the same glass that are used in the Murano to do the vases and stuff. I don't think there will be some factory here making it because the demand is very low. I could source my material from a country that are closer like India or Asia, but I just learned everything in the US and in Europe and I just uh, trust the quality of the material more there and I'm used to work with it. You said you've been here since 2006. What does Dubai Design Week mean to you as somebody that's seen, I guess, the growth of the, the scene here? How important is this event? Yeah, I mean, Dubai Design Week is probably like one of the biggest events with Art Dubai for designers uh, and artists. It just gives the opportunity to make actual art piece in an urban way because in Dubai it's quite hard. There's the IFC, for example, which has the IFC Art Night, which I, I've been part of. But Dubai Design Week is really supportive. It's part of Dubai culture, which also helping like artists. And now my studio is also based in Alcuz, which is Alcuz Creative Zone. They're really trying now to support uh, local scene. So it's 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 really important, I think, and it's a one week where you can meet and greet people because we all like into our day-to-day -day life, and we often forget that there is a lot of people like us around it. That was Charlotte DeBell.
We'll be back in just a moment. Monocle's opportunity-orientated annual magazine is on newsstands now. The Entrepreneurs is packed with success stories from around the world, from plucky startup to industries on the up, and interviews with CEOs at the top of their games. The 2023 edition of The Entrepreneurs is our very first nation special, with 150 pages dedicated to doing business in the United Arab Emirates. We see how the Gulf state got ahead in unlikely industries, from aerospace to AI and robotics, and what it's really like to call the place home. Plus, we chart the eureka moments of key businesses around the world and what first encouraged these would-be owners to take the plunge. Speaking of which, isn't it time you subscribe to Monocle? The Entrepreneurs is out and on all good newsstands now. Head to monocle.com for more. Next up, Nick spoke to the Emirati architect Abdullah Abmullah, whose star is certainly on the rise. The founder of Dubai-based design studio Muller, he recently won the commission for the annual Abwa Pavilion at Dubai Design Week. It's the flagship installation placed at the centre of the city's creative district for the duration of the event. The installation of Palm is inspired by, and made from, you guessed it, palm trees. Let's hear more from Abdullah at the installation now as he discusses his commitments to local materials and sustainability in a modern world. We're looking at a a radial pavilion that's uh, made of the palm tree, but in different ways. We have the columns, we've used the actual trunk of the palm trees. For the flooring, we have uh, created like a wooden plank patterns of the palm wood that gives you kind of the natural feel of the palm wood with the grains. And then for the ceiling, what we wanted is to take something that's so familiar to the people, something that was a pre-existing food mat that was weaved out of the palm leaves that you can find in the markets. We just took it, created different shape with it, and then arrayed it in a radial uh, form to create a new, let's say, shading system for the pavilion. Around this time, the topic of sustainability is being raised. We have the COP28 being hosted uh, this month. And the idea here was, how can I think of something that was embedded in the culture, embedded in our context, that was taking the idea of sustainability back then? Which, after research, was thinking, how can a palm tree that was used before be used for multiple, let's say, functions, like food, fuel, architecture, shade, and interior, and they were creating different functions like the ropes. I was intrigued by the idea of using one source to create multiple functions. And that's what we try to recreate here at the Abwa Pavilion during Dubai Design Week. The idea here is that how can we create different part of the architecture through that single palm tree. People feel like so familiar with all the elements that are used there. They're just like, how is it constructed or put together? I want them to have this feeling that I can do this. I can just take the same principles and concept that we have applied here and take, take it and do it back home through like reclaimed palms that they have in their backyards or farms or whatever. So that's the mainly the idea is that this is something achievable by anyone and this is accessible. And try to, try to always look for existing resources and reuse them rather than thinking of just taking like, uh, new materials and creating with them. Rather, look at, look at the past and learn from it and take it forward. 
the palm played a, a big role in different functions. For example, a lot of the houses back in the day here in the UAE were constructed of the palm tree. So they were using the, the trunks for the structure, the ponds for the roofs. And I think as an architect, that's always intriguing to rethink how can we re-implement that. The other thing is it was a source of food. So they were taking the date uh, fruit to use it like as a, as a source of food. And this is something that we're implementing as well. We collaborated with a chef named Kunwal. To, to create new types of recipes made of the uh, dates or the palm, palm tree dates. So the idea here, I think, mainly is that looking back how the palm in its basic senses were a form of resources and then how we are reinterpreting it here in the pavilion in the new design. It's amazing what the city have done for the past tens of years. But moving forward, I think we need to take a bit of the local materials, like indigenous to the region, and think of new ways to kind of develop them with today's technology. How can we learn from the modernism that we are, are living within today, but taking also the local context, local materials, local landscape, local colors, local fruits. So all these resources with the modern thinking and technology. Even for the roof here, we had to use uh, computational technology to know how many mats we would require and what is the way to kind of assemble them. So that was a nice way of thinking like, it's a local contextualized material, but using technology to assemble it. Yes, Dubai has always been about the new, about maybe superlatives, like the biggest, the tallest, and that's great. And moving forward, we want to take all of the things that we've learned from the past and the future and con kind of combine it together to create, I would say, a forward-looking identity to the, to the country, to the UAE, in craft, in products, in architecture, in food, in all that we do. I think that's mainly the message we want to cross over. The architect Abdullah Admullah there. Born out of its namesake neighbourhood in Milan, Isola Design is an Italian creative platform dedicated to showcasing the work of an international cohort of emerging design studios. As part of its mission, it displayed work of more than 60 designers, creators and craftspeople across three exhibitions at Dubai Design Week. One highlight was the Materialised Showcase, which featured innovative new construction materials such as wall tiles made from eggshells and panels created with dried fruit shells. The works were displayed on top of sandbags similar to the ones found on building sites. This unusual exhibition design was by Iami, a Milan-based studio who also contributed a foam-like material to the exhibition. To find out more about the design and their material contributions, Nick caught up with Yami's co-founder, Nicolau de Santos, and art director, Stephanie Blanchard. Nick, I'll start with you. We're here in Dubai for Dubai Design Week at a show made in partnership with Isola. Tell us how you got involved in this. Where, where do you fit into this picture? We are very happy to stay here and collaborate with Isola. They are following several design weeks and uh, for this year this is going to be the last one uh, here in Dubai we have two locations here 
One, uh, one of this one it's uh, here at Colab. Colab is the, the main um, library design uh, of uh, the Middle East. So they uh, give materials and information about industries to all the architects and uh, this sector. They take care of uh, industries that come from all over the world. They collaborate with Isola to develop for this event a part where designers from all over the world, of course, can uh, show their project and uh, it's all about recycling. So every designer develops something that is connected to a recycled uh, process. Nick, you talked there about having work on display in this exhibition, but Stephanie, firstly, maybe tell us a little bit about the exhibition. What what have you designed and, and put together here? The idea was really simple because in Dubai it's really like construction every time, like you turn on your head and there is a new building and there is a lot of waste of material. So the idea was to put together all the like the wasted material, having the base for your designing, showing that all the waste material from construction, so it's like all the sandbag, and actually inside the sandbag we collect all the trash and deep materials from the other designers here in Dubai to showcase the work of designers that put a lot of research to create new materials with all the waste from the industry. So the exhibition is materials made from waste materials. Exactly. Nick, you've got a material on show here. Tell us a little bit about that. It's about a collaboration with Remat. Remat is the first industry that in Italy gives the opportunity to recycle the foam. Since uh, it's very difficult to ever recycle materials, the phone that they got they comes also from private usage like mattresses, but also from industry. That when they do a production, there is part of this production that they gonna waste because uh, maybe it's a part where uh, two f- kind of foams, maybe hardener and softener, like uh, I don't know, memory foam, a normal foam that mix, they are mixed together. So this part of the block, they uh, used to throw it away. Remat is the first industry that got the permission to take these blocks and uh, use it again and uh, start a production with them. Since the last year, with the Milan Design Week, we start work with them, start with the Ecofoam, that is the main material that they produce from, from the industry wasted. And, uh, and then we develop other materials, other products that are uh, also connected to all the phones that they got uh, in their industry. Right now we are here uh, showing the Makuro and uh, it's a project that uh, it comes from the automotive phone. It's a technical phone and uh, we create a vase with that because uh, it's a kind of phone that it's more um, got an hardness that are nice to keep a vase. But uh, the funny thing is that uh, stay uh, very soft. It's playful. I mean, I, I walked up and, and tried to touch it, and I was expecting something hard, but it gave way <laughs> immediately. I mean, you mentioned it kind of looks like a vase. Stephanie, tell us a little bit about the form and the, and the shape of it. We like to sculpt the vase, like uh, because we like this contrast. When you see it, it feels like a rock, and after you touch it, it's really soft. And also, like uh, the shining appearance and the sanding outside, it's really like material. I don't know, so we like the shock when a person touches it. We used to create a water product with this combination. For example, we did a collection always with the Rimat, with this ecofoam material, which is like they trim a lot of foam together and they put it together in big blocks and we sculpt it and we make like big clouds. 
when you see it, it, it feels like a big rock cloud, but after you touch it, and really, like, it's so comfy, it's so soft, so it's like uh, having the head in the cloud, so really light, and it's a nice design, like, for the feeling. Head, head in the cloud sort of sounds like a description of me, but it's also <laughs> something that I guess I guess you want to touch. I guess just finally, Nick, do you, and I'll, Stephanie, I'll come to you after as well. I mean, what, what do you hope people take away from this exhibition? What do you hope that designers coming here from across the globe take away from seeing your your Makuro and, and seeing these other products? I really want that designers can really approach the recycled material and see them like uh, something that you can do also beautiful and contemporary design. We get this perception that uh, wasted material it's kind of raw and uh, doesn't reach something beautiful or maybe uh, also professional, but it's not. There are a lot of ways to work on it, and there is a lot of new generation of designers that start working with recycled materials, since also the costs are uh, low, so uh, it's more easy to make prototypes and uh, make more objects. And this is what I, uh, I really want this message to, to receive all the designers. I agree with Nick, like sophisticated of a design. It's really like easy to reach also with poor materials because we have this idea like uh, to create something really beautiful and powerful. There is marble, I don't know, because it's like in the history, there's like marble. No, like you, you can really use whatever, just the concept, the idea, the research and make it wonderful. That was Stephanie Blanchard, and before that, Nicola de Santos. Monocle's November issue offers a deep dive into the design industry, as well as our monthly global investigation of current affairs, business and culture. It's an issue that helps you see the details, gain focus. Here are three things that you'll discover between its covers. One, that the Czech Republic is packed with inspirational design outposts, both old and new. Second, that bustling Jakarta has become a hothouse of entrepreneurial prowess. Three, that there's nothing more valuable than sitting down with wise folk to gain their perspective on the world. In this issue alone, we meet with Remo Ruffini, CEO of Montclair, architects Renzo Piano, Jeannie Gang and Shigur Raban, and the watch chiefs of Bulgari, Seiko and Van Cleef and Arpels. Discover all this and more in the latest issue of Monocle, Pick up a copy at your favourite newsstand or subscribe today at monocle.com slash subscribe. Finally, on today's Dubai Design Week special, we hear from London and Beirut-based designer Natalie Harb who partnered with luxury car manufacturer BMW to create a striking two-storey pavilion at the heart of Dubai Design District. Intended to comment on the wasted potential of car parks in cities, the ground floor serves as a parking space, while the top level is planted with tables and chairs and insect-attracting plants. The structure showcases how places built for cars can also be transformed into thriving urban green spaces. Nick caught up with Natalie at the bustling installation. Uh, so I'm Natalie Harb. I'm a designer. So I do social design and I'm also an artist. My work is in uh, 
In between the two, I guess, uh, on the boundaries uh, of, uh, of both, uh, what I'm interested in is creating spaces that uh, reflect on cities, on our urban habitat, and how we can make these spaces uh, better environments uh, for us and for other species. Uh, and appropriate that we've got the car horns going in the background at Dubai Design Week. Uh, tell me a little bit about the installation you've here. This is an installation I started working on uh, five years ago. It's creating bridges between the privatized spaces and public spaces. It's looking at the city, how, you know, like there are lots of parking, lots of cars, and how these can be transformed into gardens and community spaces. So the idea is to layer parking areas with gardens. By doing so, we are actually bringing a realm of um, environmental benefits, like uh, reducing the heat island effect, uh, harvesting the rain, using the solar energy to also, you know, like store uh, energy distributed into the grid or other sources. And then we are creating these community gardens that are open to all and they're planted with native plants, semi-native, adaptive and we're collaborating this year with the the Dubai Institute of Design and Innovation to activate it with a program of workshops uh, and labs of the students. Uh, so we're doing a mapathon where they're going to map the city, map the green spaces, the the grey spaces of the city, understand how they could actually intervene. Starting from this project, we're going to have also conversations between designers on uh, moving from grey to green and workshop uh, workshop for children creating birdhouses. So you've kind of created a, a model for what we could potentially do with car parks, you know, greening exactly. the top of them, community spaces, but you're also talking to students and young people that are going to be, I guess, the next generation of designers. How important are those sorts of discussions that you have with these uh, young people? I think it's crucial and I think it's about, you know, creating conversation and layering, you know, layering the urban environment with nature, bridging between the private and the public, bringing together also like in the conversation, we're bringing together, you know, people from the industry. So it is BMW who commissioned me this. So it's bringing people from the industry, but also children, but uh, students, the design industry, but also people from uh, the Ministry of Transport, uh, also people uh, who are developers. So it's about, you know, like all discussing together what we want to make with our cities, no? I'm curious, design, often I think we get caught up with things looking beautiful and pretty, and that is important, but how important is, I guess, these discussions? Are they happening enough? Do we need to do more of them? How, how critical is it to your practice? You know, you can bring government together with the private players, with the designers. Well, I, think it's, I think it's crucial. I think, you know, like design is intended, you know, to make your life better, so it's not just about aesthetic. I, I don't think this is very beautiful i think it's it's functional no like i mean the idea of it is also like it's built in a circular economy in mind so everything is well off the shelf it can go back into production nothing goes to waste we have other emergencies at the moment which is you know global warming the planet and just having more responsible way of living and i think that is more beautiful than just something that looks pretty i don't know what looks pretty
I mean, that, I guess that's beauty's in the eye with the beholder. My last question, what sort of framework or you know, model does this pavilion at a small scale present for cities and city designers elsewhere? It's a module, and the idea is that it would multiply to showcase the possibilities of that happening in the city on a larger scale. Because the more we have of those, the more we would be reducing heat island effect, providing you know, a platform for bees to pollinate, a community garden. So it is just you know, like a little sample that we want to propagate. Natalie Harp there. And that's all for today's show. Thank you to Nick Benice for fielding those reports. For more design stories, listen to our five-minute midweek bonus show, Monocle on Design Extra, which airs on Thursdays. And if you enjoy print, then do pick up a copy of Monocle magazine as well. It's on all good newsstands now. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Maylee Evans, but fear not, Nick will be back in the host's chair next week with some more stories from the design world. Thank you very much for listening.